This is Art Unbound, a joint production of Portland Art Museum and The Numbers FM. I'm Intisar Bioto, the guest curator for the exhibition Black Artists of Oregon on view September the 9th, 2023 through March 17, 2024. As an artist, my work has been grounded in research on the presence and persistence of Black artists in our region, and this podcast series focuses on these intergenerational voices. In this episode, you'll hear from Nick Jones, whose work can be seen in Black Artists of Oregon. An artist, a former NBA player, and a native Portlander, Jones talks about how he came into art and basketball and what it means to nurture creativity in the home. Well, it's so exciting to be here today. Uh, we are with Nick Jones, um, artist and former NBA player, a, a native Portlander, um, uh, born in born in 1945, 78 years old. Um, yeah, we're just so excited to have you. Um, his work is going to be a part of the Black Artists of Oregon exhibition that will open uh, later this year at the Portland Art Museum. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Believe me. Wow. Uh, it was very frustrating because I know where the uh, Portland Art Museum is. I couldn't find it. <laughs> I drove around and around and around. I'm going, geez, I, I, I can almost smell it. It's a, just up there, you know. Oh. It's so, all right. We're here now. I'm really embarrassed. It's all right. We're it's all a celebration. Just you being here is a, <laughs> a gift and an honor to us and to this museum. So whenever you get here is the right hey, time. I appreciate that. Yes, yes. Well, um, I wanna give some time today for you to talk about your art and your journey and where you would where you're going with your art. Um, but I wanted to kind of start out with um, how I found out about you mm. and, um, you know, I started doing this, doing this research about black artists in 2018 and, um, I published an article about it. And after the article, um, I heard from this artist named Thomas Unthink yeah. and he had these, uh, documents from the eighties about these black arts groups that, um, that were, or that were organized during that time uh the black artist guild and mm -hmm. the the members gallery that was started in the early 80s and um and so it it was like it was like it was like list of artists and checks and documents and there were also slides uh from a show and so in those slides mm. i saw these works these kind of textile works oh. um and i was like whoa what's this you know <laughs> uh, like who's who's work who made that yes who made that <laughs> and it said you know the artist's name was was nick jones and i was like who is this and yeah. i was trying to find all the people that i saw in those documents yeah. and i was looking you up and i i couldn't find you and 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 then I was talking to um, the photographer and recent author, Richard Brown. Right. Um, and he's, you know, uh, been here in Portland since the 70s and is an yeah. artist and activist. And I was saying, I've been looking for this man named Nick Jones. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and he has your number. And he gave it to me. Oh, that is too funny. And that was 2021. Wow. Um, so that was when I, you know, I first, I first reached out to you and I, I, 
I, I came over to your house and interviewed you and saw your work and was just blown away by you and your story. Hey. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, you know, and I, like, I got to see these, these textile pieces. And so I guess just starting out a little bit with your art, you know, um, how would you describe your art and your art practice? Well, I went to, I was in uh, San Francisco, and I went to uh, an exhibit. The exhibit was called Deliberate Entanglements, and it was all about what I saw was rope and wrapped and make a shape, you know, do what you want with it. Um, after I saw that uh, that exhibit, I went straight to the Oakland dock. I bought a whole bunch of rope. Now, back then, I had a little Jaguar, okay, trunk no bigger than <laughs> this, and I put all that rope in there, and I drove home. I didn't know what I was going to do yet, but I just knew I had to do it. Uh, it was a great exhibit. The The pieces were very, very large. I mean, museum things, you know, up on the ceiling and off the wall and crazy stuff. Uh, my mind said, hey, Nick, you can do this. And so I started working on it. Uh, and... Uh, the first piece I made was a huge, big thing. I, I remember it. It was just out of hand. It was ridiculous. I hung it, I hung it uh, from the ceiling, and it almost, uh, I was in a nine, I had nine-foot ceilings, okay, and it almost hit the ground. Hmm. I said, wow, and it looked good. It made me feel good. I said, well, holy smoke. This was worth it. I'm going to do this again. <laughs> so I have been uh, I have been refining and defining the work ever since. It uh, it started out very primitive. I used to use a lot of different kinds of uh, nature things like feathers from different birds and uh, uh, just wrapping stuff and dyeing, dyeing yarn and seeing how that worked. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the same time, I was playing basketball. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, so it was kind of, a, it was a relaxing thing for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Come, I come after the, after practice, come home and start. Wrap and rope. Hmm. And it felt good. And then I saw what I had done. And I said, well, holy smoke, I'll make it. <laughs> well, I got to show somebody this. Somebody's got to see this. So the first person that I uh, invited to my house at the time, I lived in Berkeley, California, uh, was a teammate. And his name was Nate Thurman. Nate Thurman was 6'11", 
200 plus pounds, big guy, right? Uh, and he said, man, you got to make me one. Hmm. <laughs> so I did. I, I, I said, well, Nick, you can do it. You made one for yourself. Make him one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I made it totally different. Used different feathers. Used different wrapping techniques. And uh, I, I, I ended up giving it away. Here, man, take it. He said, man, what do I owe you? I said, you don't owe me anything. Just take it. Hang it. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. And for a while, that's what I did. I would make a piece. I'd show it to somebody. I'd make a piece for a guy. I made a piece for a couple of my teammates. Mm-hmm. Nate was one. Fritz Williams was one. Uh, and we just enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, basketball players actually are kind of selfish. So they don't tell you, they won't share where they got it or where they made, where it came from. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man, I picked that up in so-and-so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. But um, for me, it was very exciting to see the acceptance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't care if they paid me or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't care. And I had a great uh, store where I could get all the textile stuff I needed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from from four or five different birds, hmm. feathers. Yeah. Okay. So what were some of those birds? Um, that's a good question. I just saw the 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 feathers and said, I want those. Mm-hmm. I want some of those. Mm-hmm. I want those. I didn't yeah. ask what the kind yeah. of birds they were. Uh, and to this day, I still don't really know the names of, of the feathers that I use, mm-hmm. but I am, I'm kind of evolving mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm moving away from incorporating feathers in the pieces to incorporating lights to the pieces got Uh, you got you could i uh just to give people a sense of the time and space in which you first started doing this work um like around what what year was it that you uh saw that exhibit and and started this process 1972 okay 1972 i know it for sure okay and uh you know, even though I didn't know what what I was doing, I knew what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, for me, it was very exciting to be able to see what I saw in my head mm-hmm. come out visually. Yeah, yeah. You know. Wow, wow. Um, so, just to, I'm, um, you know, I, you like, like I know we'll get to to the work you're doing now, but I want to get a sense of like where you were then and also your or- your kind of origin story. So, um, you know, that time that, that you started, um, you know, your art practice, could you tell me a little bit about what you were doing in, in the NBA or just like when you started or, you know, oh, absolute- yeah, just that absolutely. environment and time. Absolutely. Uh, 
the the thing that I found interesting about being in the NBA is you go to so many different cities and you see so many different things. Mm-hmm. You know, can't wait for the plane to land so you can go. You know, that's why a lot of guys lose games on the road because they're out looking around <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, but I spent some time uh, going to different uh, museums and seeing if they had any, w- what they did, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I remember deliberate entanglements was the thing that just grabbed me and said, hey, mm-hmm. you got to do this. Yeah, you yeah. Know? What, where, where was that exhibit held? Oh, it was in uh, San Francisco. It okay. was at a it was at a uh, museum, and I think the the lady who designed the pieces, she had like maybe seven, eight, nine people mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. for her doing okay. her work. That's why. I mean, the biggest thing that I could make was maybe nine feet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just hanging. Mm-hmm. Versus hers, which came off the ceiling, okay, mm-hmm. uh, off the wall, mm-hmm. <laughs> just out of nowhere, uh, I, and I just found it very exciting. I said, "I got to go do this." Wow, wow! And so, what team were you playing for at the point that that you first? Oh, I was playing for the San Francisco Warriors at the time. Okay. And uh, back then you had to be uh, one of your players was also the coach. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they didn't have, what they did was they were cutting down the salary base. Mm-hmm. For people, mm-hmm. okay. So they made the coach do two things. Okay, you're a player and you're the coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, so it, it, that part was very interesting. My coach was Al Adels. Al Adels came from. He came from Philadelphia. They used to be the Philadelphia Warriors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they moved to San Francisco. Okay. And they became the San Francisco Warriors. And uh, I was just trying to make a team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was able to do that. I felt really good about it. It gave me a, a better living than I had when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that part was very exciting for me. Mm-hmm. And then to see a few people say, hey, man, <laughs> I like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. That's something. I I want to talk a little bit more about, like, um, the connection between, um, you know, uh, NBA, the NBA and, and art soon. But before I get there, um, I was curious um, well, one, we'll have two things, but first, could you tell me a little bit more about your, your process of how you make your art? I remember when I was at your house, uh, like I saw this, it was like a notebook with, with sketches and. Well, yeah, that's yeah. where I started. Okay. I started with, uh, uh, doing, uh, drawings of things. Well, I'd like to make this. 
well, how do you make that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure that out. Now, once I figured that part out, you know, I'd start at the top of a piece and work all the way to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I would keep adding uh, as necessary. Mm -hmm. If I needed more strands or if I needed more uh, depth, Mm -hmm. then I could add it. Got you. So that's what I would do. And uh, I experimented for for a while Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. I just exposed myself <laughs> as as an artist mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. simply because I I didn't know what anybody was going to think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I wasn't trying to copy deliberate entanglements, mm-hmm. but I was trying something totally different yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so I remember, you know, could you tell me some more about the, about the materials? I remember you talking about Jude and, and, um, you know, what's the significance of, of using, like, I don't know if you would call it rope or, or Jude, like, what's the, what's the significance of that? This, oh, the differences are that, uh, Jude comes in a specific, uh, wrap. A specific, uh, what do I want to call it? Uh, depth. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, regular rope gives you a different uh, dimension of okay. depth. Okay. Uh, very small, thin cord gives me intricacy. Intricacy. Do you know what yes. I'm trying to say? Uh, intricacy. Yes, yes, that's it. That is it. So I would, I would have that. So I was putting those all together, uh, just seeing what I could do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's my director over there. My, <laughs> my kid, you know, she walks yes. by and says, "Look, what about architecture?" Yes. Well, I went to school to be an architect. Oh, okay, yes. Okay, could you tell us about that? Well, I I never got to do it. <laughs> I never really did. I took a few classes. Uh I was I was uh I felt when I was in high school I was doing uh I was drawing houses. Mhm. Okay. And I did a couple of exhibits. Teacher said, "Hey, this is good enough to go." Wow! You know, mm-hmm. I, I let it go. Uh, but I remember 1972. That's when I got. Oh, I I saw the light. Mm-hmm. The light mm-hmm. said, "Oh, you can do this." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. Wow! Wow! Well. Uh, before we go forward, maybe let's go back. Um, I'm curious <laughs> about um, uh, your family and you know where they came from. And I remember uh, talking to you about your brothers, um, yeah. who were were both of them also in the NBA. Uh, my oldest brother Roman, uh, who was probably four years older than I am, he led us towards i mean he played basketball Mm -hmm. so my brother steve played basketball Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what was i gonna do 
I played basketball, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Roman was very tenacious. He was, and I talk about him in history because he has passed. And uh, my brother Steve has passed. And uh, Steve, as a matter of fact, was worked for the Portland Trail Blazers mm-hmm. for 26 mm-hmm. years. Uh, Roman got a scholarship at the University of Oregon for the last two years uh, of college, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. junior and senior year. Okay. Uh, he let them know, I have a younger brother, Steve. He's, mm-hmm. we should get him. Okay. Okay, so they got Steve. Uh, I had a lot of offers uh, from a, different colleges mm-hmm. all around the country mm-hmm. and I did the same thing I went to I went to the University of Oregon mm-hmm. just like my brothers mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. and as a matter of fact we're the only three brothers to have played consecutively hmm. for the University of Oregon okay wow yeah that's something wow um gosh well um and so, even I guess going back even a little further, like, when did your family come come to Oregon? And, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, my parents and, and, and our family moved. Well, okay, there were only three of them then. They had Roman, they had my oldest sister, Joe, they had Roman, and they had Steve, and they were in Louisiana. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they moved. From Louisiana mm-hmm. to Oregon. You want to talk about a change? <laughs> okay. Uh, my sister Margot, who's a year older than I am, and myself were born in Vanport, Oregon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's down there by the Columbia River. Mm-hmm, Used mm-hmm. to be. <laughs> uh, but it, it was very interesting to be... There were only five black families in the area where we lived for at least 20-some years, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we all always bumped into each other. They moved for better conditions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to have a better life than uh, what was happening in Louisiana at the time. And at the time, I mean, it was very uh, mm, segregated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not really a good place for a guy like me because mm-hmm. I'm not segregated. I, I hear that. I, I like everybody, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's uh, that part was very interesting. Uh when I was growing up, I was the only black guy that used to hang out with the other guys. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. And they would say, hey, Nick, what are you doing? Well, I'm hanging with you. Mm-hmm. What, what are we going to do? Yeah. And we go do things. Uh, wow. Wow. Well, I, I think I remember from one of our, uh, our, one of our previous conversations that, so even just, you know, like your family coming here, um, you know, in the early forties and, and, um, and I, like, I guess you would have been, 
I don't know, three or, or four during the Vanport flood. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, and it's interesting because there are other artists who experienced that, um, you know, um, the artist Isaka Shamsuddin, mm-hmm. who, um, who his show recently, uh, recently, recently closed here and mm-hmm. his family was at, I think, Giles Lake or, or, or something like that. So yeah. just all these little connections and his family also came up from the South, you know, just, it's just so interesting that kind of, kind of movement, you know? Um, and, and yeah, so. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy living in the South mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my parents chose to move and, well, I call it immigration mm-hmm. because they moved so far away from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've i never been there. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay? Yeah, wow. I have never been to Louisiana. Ain't going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I hear that. I hear it. I hear it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to back to the old basketball thing. I I was challenged by my brothers mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a funny little story. I used to practice. We lived three blocks away from a Catholic school, St. Peter's Catholic School. Mm-hmm. They had an indoor gym, and they had an outdoor gym. And I was there every day, hmm. shooting layups, laying up, learning how to use this hand versus that hand, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And one day the father came to me, and he said, Nick, I'm letting you in the gym. You're going to be in charge. He gave me the key. Hmm. Uh, he said, make sure you turn the lights off when you leave. Hmm. Uh, so when I finally was able to talk my brothers into, hey, come down here to St. Peter's, we're going to play. It turned into a place where we had little tournaments every weekend. Guys would come over and they'd want to challenge the Jones brothers. Hmm. The Jones brothers, yeah. wow. yeah. Very interesting. Wow, dang. What part of town was that in? Southeast. Okay. Southeast uh, 83rd, as a matter of fact. Okay. Yeah. Is uh, that where your family lived? Or? Yes. Okay, wow. Okay, yeah. Southeast 83rd. That's interesting because so many of the stories of black people here in the city or are, are, are in the Northeast or Absolutely. Like in North Portland. and yeah. uh, We were so early. <laughs> That uh, it just, there were only five, like I said before, there were only five black families hmm. in the area wow. where we lived. Okay. Okay. Um, what part of town was that, if you recall? Oh, I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, just off of Southeast 82nd, 82nd and Woodstock. Okay. Which is. Mm-hmm. It's out there. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. It was out there, and I, I I believe my parents didn't want us to didn't want us to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're way out there. 
There were four other families. The Loves, the Curtis Harrises, uh, I can't even remember the two other <laughs> names, but five families. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we would get together, you know, yeah. once, at least once a month. Wow. And and see how everybody was doing. Okay. Making sure we were okay. Because wow. we didn't know if we were going to be okay out there. Wow. I mean, That's something. Oh, it's totally something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gosh. Very, wow. I was very grateful to actually to have been raised in that area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because it allowed me to be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, freedom's important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Well, come, I, I kind of um, coming from there, you know, I'm interested in the kind of culture of your family, and and you know, um, even hearing about you know your kind of like your drawings of homes and kind of studying architecture. You know, I'm interested in artist origins, and I like. I guess my question is. Were there other people in your family who were doing creative things, or you know? And oh. I also heard about oh. heard about your mom. And what do you what 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 comes from there? Uh, I'll go back to high school. My my uh, oldest sister was the treasurer on the uh, the government of the school. Mm-hmm. My sister Margot was just an entertainer. She could sing her. My brother Roman, he was 6'6", so he was big and he was dominating, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, My brother Steve was 6'5", all right? And then little Nick, 6'2". I, I, you know, I had to fight with him every day to be, (laughs) to to exist. And, uh, you know, it wasn't anything personal. It just was. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Uh, Steve was uh, in high school. He, I think, he was uh, he was in politics. Roman was in politics. My mother made me run for freshman class president. I had a broken leg. I didn't even want to do it, and but I did it, hmm. and I won. Wow! You know, so there we are. We're all uh, politicians. You know, or or in government, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and trying to uh, make it better for the rest of mm-hmm. us. Wow, wow. Um, so uh, you know, even just thinking about family connections, and so one of the pieces that's going to be in the exhibit is, uh, I think it's a piece called "For Geneva." Is that? Oh the oh, oh the gosh. oh the Joneses seven J's. seven J's. Oh, it's called Seven J. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And so, Ann Bush was telling me about um, how uh, they, how he came upon that piece in in your mom's house, and yeah. and I was able to learn a little bit more about her uh, from him. Can Can you tell us a little bit about her and her work? I mean, I'm just hearing about your family is really uh, kind of trailblazing family here of the region. My mother was a trailblazer. Uh, She started at the journal 
Now that's how old I am. Mm-hmm. They don't even have a journal anymore. Mm-hmm. It was the second paper. There was the Oregonian, mm-hmm. and there was the journal. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they used to compete against each other. We used to get better uh, sports reports from the journal mm-hmm. than we did from okay. the Oregonian. Uh, but uh, she started with them, and as an assistant cook, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. she actually did the cooking. The other lady, the Caucasian lady, mm-hmm. she didn't do any cooking. Mm-hmm. She just talked about it. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. But my mother was <laughs> was the one who was cooking. Um, and I, I encouraged her. I remember I said, Mom, you know, you should have that job. And she said, mm-hmm. I said, well, what do you mean by that? You should have that job. Mm-hmm. It's going to be... They hired someone else. When this other lady left, they mm-hmm. hired someone else. Mm-hmm. But Mom persisted, mm-hmm. which showed all of her kids, you can succeed mm-hmm. if you persist. Mm-hmm. So... She she became what they called Poly Pacific. Uh, Poly Pacific was from the uh, Pacific Power and Light Company. Okay. And she would go on TV and show people how to cook stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, she made uh, she made me and my brothers go on. When she would go on vacation, Roman, you've got me on Friday. Steve, the the next Friday. Mm-hmm. Nick, the last Friday. Okay, wow. Yeah. That's something. So we had to do that, too. Okay. Oh. Wow. Uh. Okay, wow. Yeah, well, you know, I was just able to hear about her and, you know, um, yeah, and just, you know, uh, you know, her being the first, uh, bu- you know, bu- the first black woman to have a kind of like cooking show and you know on what is it am um, Uh, am northwest okay yeah that's what it was yeah wow 21 years she did that wow wow amazing totally amazing wow well you know just uh being able to hear about your family and you know what they've been able to do here you know coming from the south but then coming up here to the pacific yeah. to the Pacific and Northwest. Yeah. Are there any thoughts or questions you have, Ambush? Actually, I was going to see if we could take a step back into the process um, for the pieces. And mm-hmm. you mentioned dyeing. So I'm just recently getting acclimated with dyeing as a practice within creating art. So I wanted to ask you, were you like selective about the specific dyes that you were working with? Were you working with whatever was available at the time? Like, What was the dyeing process? The dyeing process, uh, and that's a very good question because uh, you're never able to get all the colors that I like to use. So dyeing is very important. So uh, I remember doing uh, cochineal. Cochineal, it's a bug or something, but it's red. And it was very red, and it was very good. And just put my rope in there and let it soak for a while mm. and and hope that it took that the whole thing was good and uh, what I have what I'm still working on is being able to produce lighter colors hmm. I could do 
I can't do yellow. I can't do green. I should be able to do those, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I think about it in those terms, and when I see or I'm in a place where they have those colors, mm-hmm. I buy them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I just buy them. I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to make yet, but mm-hmm. I've got stock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, wow. But dyeing was a, was a process that my whole thing with this rope stuff is a process. Mm-hmm. Everything is a process from dyeing, preparing the dye, putting the, the rope in it, getting the color I'm looking for, taking it out, hoping it dries and looks just like what I saw in mm-hmm. when it was wet. Yeah. Um, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. But I'm evolving. Like I said, I, I've gone from... I'm no longer using feathers as a way to identify and make it different. I'm now using I'm using glass, hmm. little sparkles of glass. I can't describe them. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me. Uh, <laughs> but they're all there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it, it gives. You know, they can make them in different colors, and I can put them in something and. Boom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've got something. Wow. I can't wait for you guys to see what I'm putting together. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. I know we talked about it briefly a little bit earlier, but did you want to start telling us a little bit about what this uh, next phase is going to look like with the lights? Uh, yeah. It, Without letting too much out the... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to give away anything, man. <laughs> okay. But... Uh, what I see in using these lights is taking my text textile work to another level mm-hmm. because it brightens it in certain areas, mm. it darkens it mm. in others. I can't wait for people to see mm. what I what I'm gonna finish. I mean, I I I've, the last three days I have just sat and looked at it. Because I I don't want to finish it yet, uh, personally. uh, Because it will be a very defining moment. Just like the seven J's was a defining moment. I mean, I made that piece representing my family. Mm -hmm. Okay. Long piece comes down, it's in a J. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next one was in a J. All different sizes, okay. Feathers on the end of it, uh, and I'm trying to get away from feathers, but feathers are good. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Wow, yeah. Uh, um, while we're on that particular piece, how did you know when you were done, and was it different from any other pieces that you work on? Like, did you have the vision already? I did. Okay. I did. I had the vision. I had the idea. And it was so simple. Uh, and I, I I, was very excited to take it to my parents' house. And she, hey, let's hang this somewhere. So we hung it in the basement. Uh, but the basement had four bedrooms. So it wasn't like it's a, it was a... Tucked away somewhere. Yeah, yeah. tucked away. No. Mm-hmm. 
not at all. But I had that piece so long, or I made that piece, and it lasted for so long that I had to re- redo the feathers. Mm-hmm. Feathers came off. Um, when did you when did you do that piece? Like when was uh, when did you create it? Oh, like maybe uh, seventy nine. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to remember, I'm old. <laughs> I have a quick question for you. Okay. There weren't a lot of other creatives in your life. What did it feel like when your child became a creative like you? Well, that's pretty overwhelming. Uh, because her medium is totally different and she's very good at what she does. Uh, making jewelry, uh, I had a couple of jewelry classes in college. Mm-hmm. I, I made some stuff, but I didn't make the stuff my daughter makes. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I'm I'm so impressed with her work that it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of bite my lip. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. I mean, I remember seeing your partners at work uh, when I was over at uh, you all's house. So yeah. it seems like you all are oh. you all are in the art. Oh yeah, we were. Uh, uh, my wife uh, of forty years uh, started out by learning how to crochet, mm-hmm. and wh- after she learned how to crochet, she started making. Things that you wouldn't think they would make. She made. She has uh, four sweaters that she made, crocheted, long sleeve, uh, puffy Mm -hmm. up on the shoulders Mm -hmm. and stuff that wasn't happening when we were doing things. You know, Uh, and that's why I think she still has them because. It's the best work I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Hmm. Yeah, and for and for our daughter to be creative, oh, mm-hmm. what a gift! You know, she could have turned out to be a little rug rat, but no. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. Um, I'm so impressed by. Uh, your family and you know even after I was able to meet you and then to find out about uh, the connections between you and Ambush and, and your daughter your yeah. daughter Morgan yeah. and you know and the for me uh, I feel like this whole process is really you talk about serendipity but it's like the threads are all there you know they're all there, there and just bringing them together to tell the story uh, it's so exciting. It is. Yeah. It's very exciting. Um, when Morgan tells me, hey, Dad, I got a show in two weeks, you know, she shuts down. She don't talk to anyone. <laughs> She's just doing her thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Wow, that's something. Well, I want to kind of... Um, as we plan to kind of wrap up, but I have some thoughts of... Um, I'm 
thinking about, you know, you've been doing this work since the 70s. You know, you 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 came up here in Portland and Oregon and you started your work, you know, while you were in the NBA and you're talking about other players who who got your work at that time, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about, you know, your work uh, starting in the 70s and the people who may still have that work, you know, yeah. and those people, you know, um, who were those early collectors. And I, I'm curious about the connection between, uh, you know, athletes and art, you know, even thinking about Ernie Barnes and the Sugar Shack uh, kind of painting that was the cover of the Marvin Gaye album mm-hmm. and how he was an NFL uh, like player and then had this art career. Right. That and then I'm thinking about, you know, NBA players like Elliot uh, Perry who started to collect work in the 90s and, you know, mm-hmm. is a part of kind of how NBA players um, have uh, become or can be, either have become or can become, like, advocates for artists, you oh, know? Oh, absolutely. Um, even thinking about, uh, like, a previous uh, Portland trailblazer, uh, um, Al Farouk Aminu and his wife, um, Helena, um, who they had a, or or she had a, a, a pop-up here, I think, in 2016, I mm-hmm. think, uh, uh, blackish and was influential in people finding out here about this artist, Otis Kwaku, who uh, will also be in the exhibit. Mm. And so I'm kind of curious about, uh, let me see how to frame this question. Um, You know, thinking about these early or these NBA players who collected your work in the 70s, it's like, how do you, are there any connectors between, you know, like basketball or sports and this arts craft that you have started or been a part of actually uh i i don't think it is Hmm. i just i just think that uh when i would invite like we used to we we would throw parties after a game Mm -hmm. okay Uh, i'll use an example the milwaukee bucks came to my house Mm -hmm. okay and they knocked on the door they came in kareem abdul jabbar greg smith Mm -hmm. right uh they all came in, and they looked around. They said, hey, man, what are you doing? I said, hey, do you like what I'm doing? <laughs> you know, yeah, I do. You know, So that was a good experience for me, mm-hmm. and it allowed me to be able to say, well, hey, I got something else. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm not just a basketball player. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. I'm a thinker. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, I hear that. Thank you for that. Yeah. I what I want, you know, I'm interested of course in the past you want to know where people are coming from, but you know, you're you know, you you started your work in the 70s and you're still making work and as you said, you're evolving. Yeah. Um you know, as I think about I want this exhibition to be about supporting black artists and I I guess my question is what do you want for your arts practice in your wildest and biggest dreams? What kind of support do you want to have? Like, where do you want your art to be? Like, what are your dreams for your craft right now? Well, what I'd like to see is somebody else do it. Okay? If if your stuff is good, then somebody will copy you. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I believe that. Hmm. Uh, or they go, wow, I wish I could do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, those kind of uh, attitudes. Uh, very important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that like inspiring other folks, other people who who would be artists? or Could be. Mm-hmm. Could. You never know. If gotcha. you don't get the stuff out there, if you don't get your work out there so that they can see it, mm-hmm. then they don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's why this uh, uh, art museum is so important right now mm-hmm. to me, is to be able to show people the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, wow. Um, well, let me see if there's anything else. Any, is there anything else on your mind? Uh, no, I, that, I think that was an amazing way to close okay. it, honestly. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was, yeah, I don't have anything else. Okay, okay. got yeah. you. Well, uh, as we close, I just want to say thank you. It's a honor to know about you, to find out about you, to have the, you know, it's a gift to this community and to this place, to the Portland Art Museum, yeah. to have your work here. Uh, and I'm, I'm blown away. Yes, and I just want, you know... Um, people to know about you, you know, people to collect your work if you want it to be collected, you yeah. know, uh, like people of, you know, from all places. But, you know, I do, you know, just hearing about different NBA players who have been a part of uh, the celebration of black artists. You know, I'm hoping that all that I'm hoping that different people collect your work, but I'm also hoping that uh, other NBA players will kind of like look to you as as like someone um, who has, you know, as you have said, is a thinker, yeah. someone who is, you know, um, is an example of, you know, of uh, like a full self, you know. That, you know, being able to express your creativity in all these different ways. And Absolutely. I just, I hope so much support for you and uh, your work. I'm excited. I do appreciate it. I mm-hmm. really do. It's, uh, it's just wonderful to be here today. I love it. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Jones. <laughs> thank you so much, Ambush. Thank you, Morgan. And thank you. Thank you for listening to this Portland Art Museum podcast. My name is DJ Ambush, the producer of this podcast and the executive director at 96.7 FM, The Numbers, a community-based radio station here in Portland with the focus on representing black culture and music. The Numbers FM has been a community partner in residence at the Portland Art Museum since 2020. On the next episode, you'll hear from Adrienne Cruz and how she's always expressed herself and found her voice through art. Black Artists of Oregon is sponsored in part by a Museums for America grant from the Institute of Museum and Library Services and grants from Meyer Memorial Trust and the Terra Foundation for American Art. For more information about this exhibition, visit us online at portlandartmuseum.org. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you know when that episode is released. We appreciate that you've chosen to listen to this podcast. We would also appreciate it if you took a moment to rate and review this episode. That is if you're using Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Thank you for listening.